Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald, and welcome to Money Making Conversation. That's right. Each Money Making Conversation talk show is about entrepreneurship and entertainment. I provide the consumer and business owner access to interviews with celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It is important to understand that everybody travels a different path to success. That's because your brand is different. The challenges you face in your life are different. So stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. Now, you can be motivated by their success because their stories can offer direction and help you reach your goals through your planning and committed effort. The Money Making Conversation interviews provide relatable information to you as a listener about career and financial planning, entrepreneurship, motivation, leadership, overcoming the odds, and how to live a balanced life. Let's get it started, y'all. My next guest is the owner of Puncho's Late Night Fry Trap. That's F-R-Y, Fry Trap. Is a pop-up kitchen based in the in the Atlanta metro area. Pancho features a menu based on loaded French fries. Right there, he got me right there, y'all. French fries. I am a French fry fool with his own Atlanta fair. Flair, there it is. Atlanta flair. Pancho features a menu based on loaded French fries with an Atlanta flair. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, the owner of Pancho's Late Night Fry Trap, Brandon Pancho Williams. Oh man, thank you, thank you, Kindly for the introduction. <laughs> definitely, definitely enthused to be here and uh, have a way to make a conversation with you. I'm gonna tell you something, man. Uh, first of all, I want to know when you say what is French fries, loaded French fries with an Atlanta flair. What what is that? I, I, got, I got that from your bio. So, if if anyone is familiar, poutine is a normal thing in Canada and in some parts of. America, but also loaded fries are very popular o- around the country, especially in LA. Right. So we know that it already exists, but we we bring it to the we bring it to the south and we put our own little flair on it. So, for example, instead of um instead of the flavors of LA, you might find with avocado, carne asada, and uh, and elote, we bring the fried chicken bites with buffalo with the buffalo sauce, ranch drizzle, and lemon pepper sprinkles. Um, as well as a, a few other flavors that we're noted for in the South and some not so much, but that are really catchy on your attention, like the seafood shawter, which is like a... Oh, yeah, we're going to get to that. Don't don't, get, don't jump too far. We're going to get to that. Right, I right. got the whole menu in front of me, Poncho. Right. We're going to talk about that menu, man. What you're not going to do is come on Money Making Conversation and, and, and leave me hungry because... I gotta have the I gotta have least least dream of the food that you have at your shop. Okay, is that cool? Let, explain to me because I've heard this a lot. What is a pop up kitchen? What is that? When you use that term pop up kitchen, what does that mean? So at, at the moment, well, from the beginning, we knew that we needed to approach it the the food entrepreneurship and the restaurant idea very slowly. So the pop up kitchen, we take this concept around the city and just essentially present it everywhere we go and spread it as many places as we can. So in that mobile form, we, we, we got the word out and was able to really test the concept. So, so, so basically you're tied to a food truck, right? No, we don't actually have a food truck. Okay. We go out and set up tents, bring out our equipment and okay. we bring out the food. So you really do set up a little, a little kitchen type layout where you, you on that spot, you have, there's no food truck. You set up a little kitchen where you serve food on the spot, and people can uh, can request a, a DoorDash and Grubhub and uh, Uber Eats. Well, we we do. That is the the true uh, true 
essence of it. We do go out and set up the kitchen, but we are on DoorDash and Uber Eats and Grubhub yet, but we do offer delivery on our um, through our own operation, which is very small. Um, we just have some some fry family that really believe in us, and they do some deliveries for us when we get them. Cool. So let me let me because I have a nephew. You know, he has a very popular barbecue place stand. You know, he does. You know, I you know the Hurricane Harvey came through town in Houston. It destroyed his business, and I helped him rebuild it out. And now he has does business with the Houston Texans and a couple of the arenas. And now the pandemic has slowed his catering and of course with the Texans and the, there may not be summer football with the NFL we don't know preseason football but he is surviving with the with the door dashes of the world and the Uber Eats and the Grub Hubs order to go how how is your business being affected by the pandemic so of course with the shutdown and everything we can't do pop-ups and we can't do large events and it, it puts us back into the state and really not back into because we, we stayed in it, but into the state where we kind of have to, to pop up from home and do do things in, in the way that we're, we're done in, in, in times where things were much harder, but right. we're making it much harder, but hard as well. So we actually, we, we, we went right back to the trap. That's the nature of the business of Sean, and I just have to be frank about that. Mm-hmm. And so far, so good. We're very grateful to still be Busy. Um, we're, we're we're grateful to feed people and be able to help people as well. So I I I I can't do anything but speak to how grateful we are about still being in business and you know still being active. Well, you know that's and, why I brought you uh, on the show, uh, Brandon. The truth is what I want people to hear because a lot of people in your position, a lot of people were caught off guard by the pandemic. I was caught off guard. You know, I was I I had plans I was doing in April. I had plans I was going to do in May. I expect to be making money in April and May. And the live events got canceled and all advertising and marketing basically ceased in the second quarter of this year. So it really th- threw me for a spin. With that being said, what lessons have you learned from this experience as a businessman who's growing his business, growing his brand? Hey, man, that's a, I have a load of ass for that because it's so, it's so deep for me. Um, take your time. Take your time. So I'll just take it straight to the root. I knew I'm I'm a serious entrepreneur in in the sense of I failed at many businesses. Right. So I knew that coming into this one, I need to have everything squared away from the concept to the reasoning behind it. And the reason behind it, not only just being surviving for the day, but having a business that maybe surviving any, any time. And that would just be something that we could grow in the sense of a, a legacy in Atlanta, but also for a legacy for ourselves. But, uh, the lining in that is just something that lasts and that will be viable in any situation. So what the pandemic proved and showed me was, hey man, you 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 hit that on the mark because right now you could be in a whole lot of situations, but it's several things, and one of them is you're not worried, you're not panicked, and you see light, and you you again back to how, back to the gratitude. It's like I recognize every piece of it. So again that. That affirmed me in many ways that all right, you picked the right thing and right. and it hit the mark in that regard along with some others. Now, uh, and that's something I think that's important in business and when people approach businesses. Right, you might have a great idea, but will it last? Is it something that's not necessarily essential but sustainable and something that you can maneuver and adjust if you need to? Also, 
is it something that you enjoy doing and that's fun and that you don't get bored of or, you know, want to rip your hair out of about. So that's not those are things that are important to me and that's what Punch OZ is for. Well, you know, um, the again, I'm not, it, it's really hot that you're saying these things because, you know, we all want to be successful. Like you said, Brandon, you're a serial entrepreneur, which means that you've been out there looking for the right thing that can, you know, make your brand work, make money for you, make you make you happy. Because I always tell people, all money don't make you happy. If you're making money unhappy, it's not long-term money, whether you're employed or have a successful business. You have to be happy in the long run. Plus, you don't want to go down the line 10, 15 years doing something that was that was that you weren't happy about and realize you're giving away your best years to make you happy. So I'm assuming that Pancho, you're a happy guy right now. I, I am extremely talented <laughs> and happy to yeah, yeah, for so many reasons. So, yeah, I am. Good. So now, how did you get this idea? Now, let's start. Let's, this is what the people want to know. How did you get this idea for Late Night Fry Trap? Punchos. All right. So let me start with Punchos. Puncho is my nickname. That's my real nickname. And it's birth given. And it's a... Uh, I say a street nickname in Atlanta that's kind of popular. So there are a lot of everybody got a cousin named Puncho, and I'm the Puncho of my family. Right. Um, so that was that was automatic because the brand is based around Atlanta, and that's that's where we started. So late night was kind of fulfilling a missing need where we have late night food and late night eats, but not necessarily fun late night experiences. And that's what I wanted the the brand to kind of be based around, so that when we did the mobile version. We could take experiences along with the food or pair pair the food up with various experiences so that we know that we carry our audience's attention and create a culture around the brand. So late night, we want to tap into the late night audience. Everyone everyone knows Atlanta is a, a, a tarped up city. So that's kind of the audience that we, we shoot for and we attract others as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, fried stuff, of course, you know the fries. We love fries. No. And, and we know a lot of other people love fries Come too. And when we put our touch to it, Amen. We know we can attract the right people. And the trap, everyone also knows Atlanta is, is the trap. That means we hustle in any and every way. Uh, and in this particular form, Pancho is, is trapping fries. So cool. that's where the name that's where the name comes from. Cool. Now, I'm going to just tell you something, man. You know, McDonald's is my all-time favorite fry. I'll just let you know that. Mm-hmm. McDonald's. See, there's something about that fry that, just, that fry they got over there gets me. Now, Five Guys. Woo! Mm-hmm. They, I love their fries. I give me a medium, and they just pile all of it. So I get a little extra. I never get large fries because they're going to give you a bunch of fries anyway. Anybody buying a large fry at uh, Five Guys ain't smart, okay? Just get you a medium. Now, when we come back, we're going to go down menu item by menu item of Poncho's Late Night Fry Trap Menu. Don't go nowhere. I got Brandon on the phone. He done told us. Puncho was a given nickname when he was born. He looked at him and said, you're Puncho. You're Puncho. And he's been hanging with it. Now he ain't making money off of it. You're probably going to trademark it, I'm pretty sure. And we're going to do all this good stuff. So be right back with my man, Puncho Williams of Puncho's Late Night Fry Trap. Be right back with more money-making conversation. He does uh, french fries with an Atlanta flair. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald, and you're listening to Money Making Conversations. On the phone is the owner of Puncho's Late Night Fry Trap. It's Brandon Williams, nicknamed Puncho. Brandon, I'm going to tell you something, man. Uh, let's, hi, let's talk about the very, you kind of mentioned it earlier, the seafood fries. Now, the f- seafood fries got it started for you. 
So let us know. Tell us how they got got it kicked off. And then we're going to go through your whole menu because I printed out your whole menu because everything that was on it, I wanted to eat. And I got to find out where you at because this week you got to see me. I'm going to have my facial mask on so you won't recognize me because I'm going to come on and get my fries. Okay, let's talk about this. Okay, cool. Talk. All right. How does seafood fries kick it off? So... I'm a part-time foodie myself, and one day just, well, not even one day, like every day I was scrolling around, I, I kept seeing these fries that had shrimp and crab and some type of sauce on them, but they were in California, like too far away. So when I got sick and tired of it, I finally like convinced my girlfriend and partner, co-founder Ebony, let's try these fries. I'm going to try to make some. She was like, ah, okay, whatever. And I didn't put something together. Not necessarily put something together because I, I have a, a decent palate. Like I said, I'm not a chef, but my mother taught me well. So we got the wild shrimp. We got the wild crab. We uh, we, we taught ourselves on using quality potatoes, a particular kind that makes it uh, integrate with all the other ingredients so well. And it was a hit that first time. So right. after being a hit the first time, we got to... That next weekend, it was like, let's try those seafood fries again. And it started to become a thing, like, week by week. And we tried, we, uh, the following week, we tried the Old Atlanta, which is the, the Buffalo Wet. We started to try different flavors and realized, like, okay, we should invite some friends over and see if they like this. Right. Test it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it just started to build from that. We took it step by step. We, we, we didn't end up doing like a group party or anything, but we did invite some family over to taste test. Mm-hmm. And it, it got to the point where it ate at me so much. And I didn't want to see it done somewhere else. And knowing that I had all the other branding elements and connected certain dots, it was like, just do it. Just go for it. Um, and, and, and that essentially was it. That's how the seafood fries started off. Uh, okay, before now, now, Brandon, before we get into the menu, let's talk about your ordering. Your ordering process. You have uh, new online ordering. Ordering is now yeah. enabled for pickup and delivery. Just place your order, and we'll prepare for your your organization. Will prepare as fast as you can. All orders are tied, are manually confirmed by us. We'll send you a text message as well. Right, select cash as payment. You do not accept cash due to COVID-19 safety practices. Once your order is confirmed, send payment via cash app. Then you send your location where you at, right? Right. And when you arrive, DM or text and we'll bring it out to you. You can also track your delivery with the link in your email. So you really using technology to market your brand and to sell your business. Correct? Indeed. Indeed. It's wow. very critical to have um, the systems in place that help move the business. So although we have other ways that we're going to evolve into different and more technical forms, yes, yeah, right now we have to go ahead and go to online ordering, especially during the quarantine when everything starts to kind of move a bit, move a bit more and faster, um, just so that we can keep a, keep track of our data, keep like I say, the deliveries and the pickups in order. And you had a place for a uh, dashboard to go from. Now, now what is social media? How does social media play in your game? Oh, man. Social media. So <laughs> that that's the bane of our existence in a sense because 
as my background is also in branding and marketing um, from a freelance perspective. I, I did media production and I've assisted a lot of brands in just shaping their business. So I was able and strategize as well. So I was able to do that for us too, in the sense of knowing how to set the logo, just know how to set up the logo, set up the colors, know how to take the pictures, understand a lot of things that go along with social media prior to launching ponchos uh, is, is really, was really essential to, to launching. So using those tricks and knowing that the food would be quality and hopefully it will go over well. Right. I just kind of created that formula and launched it. Um, I mean, it's so many elements to it or other elements to it, but taking that formula or having a formula and launching it, social media is just a, a tried and true way to market freely because once you just go viral in the smallest sense, it, it carries your business and kind of answers and poses questions that you can answer to, to kind of move it forward. So I don't know if that for, for a lot of people who may not speak that language is understandable, but well, yeah, it really is. You know, you're saying, look, this is what you're saying. Let me, let me break it down because I'm a social media guru. You're talking about, mm-hmm. look, I got, not only do I have great food, but my food look good. So you take wow. nice pictures of your yeah. food and you post it and say, you can get this right here. You might be, some people might be eating your food, but it's always edible looking photos and the engagement that happens, the likes of what you're seeking here. So people can share that or make comments. And when they make comments, I've eaten that. It's fantastic. That's what you're trying to do with social media. You're trying to get people to sell your brand. And the way you sell your brand is by you got to do your homework. If you're going to, if you, your presentation is really key in social media. Correct, Brandon? Correct. Absolutely correct. It was, uh, it was critical. And it's from the photos, it's from the videos, any type of content. And I chose a mix of three to focus on and to have as our, our role, so to speak, so that if you look at our timeline, you can kind of see a flow that everything isn't the same. We don't do one uh, one particular thing, but the way that it flows, it looks like we do. But um, you, you have to look at it to understand it. Oh, and yeah. that was critical because you want people to kind of look at your feed the same way they look at individual posts. Right. And it's all about impressions. Even even if you don't like it, even or even if they don't like it, even if they don't make a comment, you can see how many impressions a photo had, or you can well, and you'll know as well. Um, once they do begin to like it, what photos work and what type of content works and what doesn't work, and you got to take that information and, and and use it and alter alter your approach. And that that's pretty much how you know social media works for us. It's it's a way when you do it right to avoid spending too many digital marketing marketing dollars that would be necessary if you don't have those skills. So for us, it's like, luckily, not, not even luckily, but faithfully, like executing that plan, we've been able to build our social media page, I mean, our Instagram page up to 6,000 or 6,500 followers now. And this is like a year and three months in, mm-hmm. not even that. So, uh, and yeah, we don't pay for followers. We don't pay for likes. We don't, we're not, I'm not paying for nothing really, uh, aside from just, uh, 
really just paying yeah, your, your, your work, your work, to taking the photos, your work, sitting down with your team, being creative, because people right. have to understand that you got to have a plan. Social media has changed the game because it allows small entrepreneurs and major entrepreneurs to go out there and engage with regular people, not only in the, in the market of Atlanta, but you actually marketing it around the world. And around the country, and people, I know because I do that when I post. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a post some stuff for you, man. Because you know what happens is when I post, because I'm a foodie. I got seven hundred eighty-four thousand Facebook followers. Eighty-nine percent of my followers are female, and so I know all this. And so you know, seventy-seven percent of my audience is under the age of sixty-four. So all my people eat. They eat. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and so and so when I talk about your your product, that means that when I post something, I, I'm gonna post it on the Rishon, Rishon Eats, recommending this is a place to go. But before we end, end this interview, I got to tell people why I got excited about your business. You do a lot of other things on your menu, but I want to focus on those fries and the, the old Atlanta, the seafood shorty, the bluff. The Gang Gang, the 96 Olympics, the Magic City, the Buckhead, Mobster Lobster, and Shrimp. Come on now. Now, here's the deal. His pricing, I feel, is really good. Like the old Atlanta is $15, the seafood shawty. It, that has shrimp and crab in it. Okay, now, shrimp and crab in there now. Wow. $18. Come on now. Wild caught shrimp. Okay, now, I apologize. Yeah. I, I, I shorted <laughs> you on that, brother. The shrimp, the seafood shawty is only $18. The Bluff is $15. The Gang Gang is $15. The 96 Olympics is $15. Magic City, $15. Now, the Buckhead and the Mobster Lobster and Shrimp are the Buckhead is $35. But check this out fried Cajun lobster bites, drizzled with the homemade lemon garlic. Woo, boy. Right there, man. Come on now. And then you got the Mobster Lobster and Shrimp. That's broiled lobster and shrimp, herb butter. Oh, on some French fries. That's only $28. What is your most popular French fry order? Your top two. What are your top two? The top two would be, first would be the bluff. That's the hot honey lemon pepper, and that goes over well. Mm-hmm. And the second, I would say the seafood shouting, because the people who love it, Absolutely love it, <laughs> and they 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 rarely you know veer uh, from it. Now let me ask you this: Now, there you you um, do you you do you cut your own fries? Do you make your fries, or you order your fries? Everything is hand cut, freshly seasoned, and by two people who who love fries and do it like six days a week. So yeah, we we everything is handmade. So you order those hand big cut. old bags of potatoes? That's right. What what did, what do they ship them in from? Where do you get them shipped in from? Oh well, no, it's not a matter of, of shipping. We're not doing any any uh procurement yet for, for those types of uh, deliveries. We're okay. going to pick it up. Oh, oh you just go pick it up. Okay, you do a lot of local. You just say, Rashawn, we're not there yet. We're going to get all our right. potatoes and then we prepare our orders. So I love this, man, because you know that you have a dream that you're dealing with and you're making it happen every day and every week. What's the future for Puncho Late Night Fry Trap? To be an institution of Atlanta. Uh, right now we're small but mighty. But right. yeah, we have the vision to be an institution of Atlanta, um, and that's why you you just hear Atlanta in so much of the the brand is because that's what we're tied to. Not in the sense that that's where we want to stay and that's where we want to keep, but that's where we know this concept lives. And 
um, where we wanted to to bubble from. My man, I really appreciate you taking the time coming to my show because of the fact that you are an entrepreneur that's at the early stage of, and you're planning. You got a clear understanding of how to market. You got your presentation. You get it. You know, a lot of people don't get it. They they think they can open the doors and the people just going to come right on in. Or people just going to find them where they, where, they, where they put up their tent. That's not the truth. That's not true. There's preparation. You have to be able to deal with the bad days because there's going to be a lot of great days, but those bad days, are, I call them turn back days. Those are days that can make you go, man, I'm out of this. This ain't for me. And you know that you've survived those. And this is one of the big turn back days that's happening right now in everybody's life. Keep winning that poncho. And I'm glad you came on money making conversations, man. No, thank you. I appreciate you recognizing that and recognizing us. Um, I, I can't wait to, to the future. I can come back and you know give you an update on us doing even better. Well, I'm going to put you on Rushan Eats, and I'm going to give you an update right now. You're going to be on Rushan Eats. <laughs> All my followers on my Facebook page, 784,000. I got 36,000 on my Instagram account. And we just going if you, to, if, you, if you're not busy, you're about to get busy, young brother. You're about to get busy. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to have to figure out how to get you small, too. So just let me know. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you coming on Money Making Conversation. You done your your you done your duty, man. Man, thank you for having the platform. And hey to all y'all from all across the world. I appreciate him, Rashawn, and you as well. Um, follow us on Instagram at the Fry Trap. Awesome. Uh, if you want to hear more Money Making Conversation interviews, go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald.